hello church come on and clap your hands and thank God for this opportunity to dive into God's Word welcome to the sixth week of our series captured by grace is based upon an amazing book written by yours truly our friend our pastor we love him dearly let's thank God for pastor Ben wow, wow, wow. pastor you wrote a book man it is life changing well Calvary I hope that you're doing well and that you're ready for a powerful teaching today it is going to be life changing but before we go into the word we got something special take a look at the big screen happy, happy father's, father's day. day i'm kyla and this is my husband marcy i'm kate and we wanted to wish all the fathers a very happy father's day but before we do that we wanted to say a very happy father's day to the best dad out there uh pastor ben dad thank you for being authentically you for standing by my side in every area of my life for always pointing me back to jesus and reminding me the love of the father thank you for the constant laughs the encouragements being a shoulder to cry on and being the most amazing dad out there above every title you have the honor of having a pastor a leader a boss the greatest one is dad and i love you Listen, Pastor Ben, thank you so much for being such a strong role model in so many areas of my life. Thank you for being a voice in times when I needed help or guidance. And thank you so much for blessing me with your daughter's hand and truly accepting me into your family as your son in love. Dad, thank you for your authenticity. Thank you for being the same person in public as you are in private. Your, your leadership and creativity inspire me. Thank you for always pointing me back to who I am in Christ and seeing potential in me even when I don't see it, and you're, you're my biggest fan, and I appreciate that. Yes, and happy Father's Day to all the dads, grandpas, stepdads, foster dads, those who have stepped in the place uh, of the fatherless and everything in between. Today, we want to celebrate you with a gift, so after the worship experience, make sure you grab yours at the exit. Happy Father's Day. Y'all gonna make me cry today. Oh, you gonna make me stuff. cry. Good stuff. Happy Father's Day. You know, that right there is the greatest reference there's a lot of people that could put together a resume a lot of people could post things about themselves but if you really want to know about the life of somebody how about you just talk to their kids and i'll tell you you'll find out what's real and i'm so grateful for my children i want to honor the fathers in this room in person today if you're a dad if you are a granddad biological dad stepdad foster adoptive dad uh, spiritual dad dads would you stand please quickly in this room stand up stand tall let me see where you are give all these men a good hand clap come on Calvary you can do better than that come on give these men a good hand clap stay standing for just a moment because I want to honor you I want to thank you for showing up I want to thank you for loving. I want to thank you for mentoring. I want to thank you for caring. I want to thank you, many of you, for staying. I want to thank you for providing. I want to thank you for guiding. I want to thank you for being a father. And today, as you heard, we have a special gift we want to put in your hand. I guess this is called a koozie is what it's called. It's got the Calvary logo. And you can put your drink, I don't know, whatever drink your drinky drink is, you can put it right here and just be reminded in that moment that your church honors you and blesses you and speaks life over you. And we believe great churches are made up of great families and we believe in you 
as a father in your family. One more time, thank God for these dads right now. Come on. We honor you, dads. You can be seated. I want to bless three dads real quick. Uh, my first book called Collide, When Your Desires Meet God's Heart, came out a few years ago. My next book, Limitless, The Life You Were Meant to Live. And then my book that came out just this month called Captured by Grace, Be Freed from Fear So You Can Really Live. This is the series that we're in right now. I'd like to bless uh, at least three dads, three dads, and I want to bless them quickly. I'm waiting for one of our pastors to run down here real quick, and I want you to, he's coming right here. Uh, I want you to bless three dads that want them, that look like they want them. Don't bless no dad looking at you angry. Three dads that want them. Just move throughout the worship center. One more time, give the dads a good hand clap if you would, please. Yes, sir. That's good stuff, Pastor. It's good to see fathers in the house hearing the gospel so they can take it back to their families, their business, and everything that they're a part of. So let's continue this journey captured by grace. Week one, you kicked it off, law versus grace. And you laid a foundation and you taught us how to live grace-based lives as opposed to uh, putting ourselves under the frustration and defeat of a law-based life. In week two, we dove into the subject of distance versus close. Week three, dirty versus righteous. Week four, victim versus victor. And in that one, you asked us a very important question. Which am I going to choose to live like? Will I live like a victim with a doom and gloom mentality? Or will I walk in the victory that's already mine in Christ? Thank you for that. Last week, week five, before versus after. Based upon this reality, the cross changed everything. And because of that, we don't have to straddle the fence with one foot in the old covenant and the other foot in the new. We can just dive right into the blessings and the promises of this new and greater covenant. Somebody say amen to that. We can enjoy it, walk in it, and live in it. So today we're going to move forward with this thought. Temporary change versus lasting change. Are you ready for lasting change, Calvary? Say yes. Yes. Yes, I am. You know, the day that you believe, the day that you said yes to Jesus, something happened. The Bible says you changed. Now, you probably look the same on the outside, but something drastically happened on the inside, the inner man. At that very moment, your spirit, the Bible says, moved from death to life, from darkness to light. You were an orphan, now you are a child of God. And that transformation was so radical that Jesus termed it as being born again. Think about that. Literally, in a split second, the old you died and the new you came alive in Christ. The Bible says the old is gone, the new has come. It does not say the old is slowly going and the new is slowly coming. It says the old is gone, the new has come. Now, if that's true, why don't a majority of believers live free and full lives? I think there are a couple of reasons. First, they don't properly value what Jesus accomplished for them on the cross. Second, I would say this, they don't know what happened to them on the cross. See, every believer, I think, knows that Jesus died on the cross for their sins. But 
not every believer knows that they died too. They died with Christ. The Apostle Paul says so again and again and again to the Christians in Colossae. Uh, Paul said, you died with Christ. To the Christians, the believers in Rome, Paul said, we died with Christ. To the Corinthians, Paul said, we all died. Now, you may be thinking, well, I, I really don't remember, Pastor, the nails. You said I died with him. I don't remember the nails. Well, when you were included in Christ, you were actually baptized. That's not speaking of water baptism, but you were actually baptized into his death. In other words, his death became your death. Jesus didn't just come for you. He came as you. Watch this. His death, your death, which means his resurrection, your resurrection, y'all aren't ready for this, which means his life is now your life. If I got any believers in here, please at least say yes. Come on. Here is a major mental shift we've got to get a hold of. If you don't know that you've already died, then you will never really live. If you don't know you've already died, then you'll never really live. It's no longer about you now striving. This is why so many people, they have temporary change in their life. They live in that horrible cycle, not long-lasting change. It's because they're striving to kill sin. But it's not about you striving to kill sin. It's now about you believing, you're called a believer, believing that it's already been dealt with, that it's already dead, and now every day living accordingly. And practically every believer I know, and if I'm talking about you, it's okay. I'm telling my own story. But practically every believer I know at one time or another has lived what I call, and we've talked about it, schizophrenic Christianity. And on the one hand, right, every day they're trying, I'm trying really hard to live this new life I've received in Christ. But then on the other hand, what are they doing? They're spending their life trying to reform the old life they inherited in Adam, which already died. And here's the question I have for you. How do you reform a dead man? That, that's a recipe for misery. People who live like this, they just vacillate. And some of you know what I'm talking about, just back and forth. One day blessing, next day cursing. One day, you know, it's breakthrough. Next day, it's hell on earth. One day, it's, oh God, thank you for victory. Next day, it's pray for me. The devil's on my back. Saved one day, not saved the next. One day, I'm living in Christ. Next day, back to Adam. Now, don't get me wrong. As long as you got breath, listen to me. You will deal with temptation. You will deal with battles. There will be frustrations. But when we understand and embrace the power of lasting change through God's grace, we start living like the Bible says. Lift up at least one of your hands. I declare over you, you will live from faith to faith. You will live from glory to glory. You will live from one victory to another victory. You are no longer going to live from vice to vice and addiction to addiction and sin to sin and defeat to defeat. I declare over you, you are an overcomer. And if you believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. Thank you, Jesus. So lasting change then requires no effort. Can you believe that? 
That's a mental shift right there. Because I'm telling you right now, I can already hear it. Some of you saying, well, I can't, I can really change without doing a thing. The answer is yes, you can. And I know because for years I tried to do everything. I tried, I tried to do everything right. And it produced a life of frustration, guilt, condemnation, shame, broken promises to God. Some of you know about that. You promised God, if you help me with this, I'll never do that again. And then you do that again. And listen, of course, I, I, I could justify my weaknesses. I'd even try to throw scripture at it. I'd say like Jesus, you know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what I didn't understand is that Jesus wasn't talking about, you know, um, uh, the the anything about his his uh weakness of his flesh he's talking about the strength to pray but i'd quote stuff like that and 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 thank god for prayer but but the will to pray was not my issue i mean prayer is a good thing fasting is a good thing but that was not my issue matter of fact i could pray all day every day i could out pray you i was i was glad i could out pray you but i still live this schizophrenic christianity as a matter of fact, I thought, okay, I'll pray more. That's going to give me the strength to change. So what did I do? I'd ramp up. I'd ramp up my prayer life. And guess what? It wouldn't help me change one thing. Then I figured, well, prayer's not working. So maybe I ought to try something else. So I fasted. And guess what? I lost weight, which wasn't a bad thing, but I was mean to everybody. Come on, somebody. I was cranky and I constantly griped and moaned and groaned about how hungry I was and still no change. And after years of self-denial and frustration and self-condemnation without much lasting results, I knew there had to be another way. And that's one of the reasons I wrote this book, because I'm telling you right now, I know countless believers who are stuck in that crazy cycle. It's the same demonic mindset. They want lasting change. Well, about nine years ago, if you read the book, which it'll be available one more week here out in front of the lobby, but the reality is I began my quest to find real answers, real truth, lasting change. I wanted to rid myself of wrong indoctrination that has, has permeated my mind for so long. I, I, I wanted to find out exactly what God's word had to say about lasting change through the lens of, of, um, of the new covenant. I wanted to come out of the, of the jungle soldiering, fighting a battle that had already been won. And, and so what I discover, it's, it's changed my life. But the fact of the matter is it's, it's changed a lot of people as we've continued to grow in God's grace. Well, there's no doubt, no doubt about it, Pastor Ben. People are being set free. I believe there's stories here right now in this room and watching online. But I got a couple that crossed our desk this week, and I got to read these. It says, Pastor Ben, the bondage of religion led me to a very dark place. It wasn't until I sat at a gospel circle that the renewing of my mind began to take place. Wow. It felt like my heart was being unwound. It hurt, but it hurt so good. Many days I cried all the way home after the circle. It felt like I've been lied to my entire life. Pastor Ben, God has graced you with the incredible insight into the new covenant that is ripping, has been ripping apart years of deception. I am being set free. Thank you. Come on, let's clap our hands and rejoice. That's a story. Freedom. 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 There's, being, there's an exchange taking place. Here's another one. Many of us who have grown up in church or in Christian families 
have long battled the unanswered question that often left us confused. We've long struggled with performance-based messages that often left us wondering, why did Jesus have to endure the cross if we too have to carry our own crosses? <laughs> Captured by grace settles many questions we've had about grace and empowers us to truly live a guilt-free life wow. full of empowering grace. Thank you, Pastor Ben. Come on, let's clap our hands and rejoice. These are just a few stories. There's more developing. That's why we want you to get into a gospel circle, and we want you to stay close so you can start to share your story. So I've got a question. What about you, Calvary? Are you ready to leave this schizophrenic life that Pastor talked about moments ago, a life that you should have left behind? Are you ready to exit the old life of frustration, guilt, and shame? Today, we want to share a few things with you that we believe will help you leave the old way behind. Come on out of that schizophrenic lifestyle. Experience lasting change. And finally, fall more in love with the grace of God. Somebody say yes to that. That's the purpose of this series. Remember, grace isn't a theology. We're not teaching theology today. It isn't a subject matter. It isn't a doctrine. It's not a tweet. It's not a conference. It's a person, and his name is Jesus. Grace is Jesus, and Jesus is grace. This is the reason the Lord wants us to receive the abundance of grace. To have the abundance of grace is to have the abundance of Jesus. The things we want to share with you in this series, they're not just good theories and concepts. Let me tell you something. This, this works. This is the real deal. I know personally, just short of three years ago, before I joined this team, I was lost living in that schizophrenic Christian life. But I'm telling you, because of this message, I will never, ever be the same because I got a revelation of who I am in Christ. I've got knowledge and wisdom. I'm awakened to the gospel. I will never be the same because of this message. This is the real deal. Somebody ought to be saying yes to that. Our lives are being changed and we're about to experience lasting change. So Pastor Ben, the first thing we need to do, we need to see some things. We're going to talk about it today, but what's the first one? Yeah, first one, write it down on your notes quickly is this. See truth as it is. We're going quick. See truth as it is. I want to, I want to look at Romans 12 too quickly. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. How? Through a total reformation of how you think, reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. A beautiful life. I'm telling you, the gospel gives you back your life, a beautiful life. But look at this. One of the greatest challenges I think that religion presents to believers is that it takes truth and twists it in such a way that it's no longer truth when it's applied. Think about what Jesus said in John 8. He says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Now, it's so vital that we fully grasp what Jesus is saying here. He doesn't just say that the truth sets you free. He says it sets you free if you know it. If you know it. The word know there actually means to rightfully discern. Listen to this truth. In other words, if we perceive truth the correct way, 
then we'll receive truth the correct way. And when Paul writes there in Romans 12 that we must stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of this culture, the culture around us, he's not just talking about what we believe, but how we believe it. And it's crucial that we change our entire belief system. That's what's happening. That's why we gather. That's why gathering in corporate worship is so critical. We're changing our mind about some things. That's, that's how we see truth as it is. So if you're going to initiate long-lasting change, I'm not talking about this temporary stuff. First and foremost, you got to revolutionize your belief system. And what this means is that you transform the way you believe or have been taught how you start aligning your thoughts with God's word before you start to think, oh, well, that's easy enough. Let me tell you something. Do you know what that's called? That is called the fight of faith. And every day, believer, we are in a fight for what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the ideals and the opinions of the culture, or are you going to believe what God says true? And, and I'll tell you, you change your belief system. That is an ongoing process, ongoing. Depending on how much you've been incorrectly taught is going to determine how much readjusting is going to be required. And the good news is that it can be done. And when you begin to see how God truly sees you in the beloved, it releases you to finally become the person that he made you to be. But you got to hear it. Hear it. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing this message. Hearing. I don't understand how people think, well, I can hear it once a month or I can hear it once a week and I'll get it. I have to hear it every day. And it still is a fight. It's a good fight, but it is a fight of what am I going to believe? I got to hear it and I got to hear it and I got to hear it. This gospel. So does doubt. So does fear. So does condemnation. So does unbelief. It comes the same way by hearing. But hearing what? Hearing the wrong things over and over and over and over again. We change our mind by hearing the gospel because the gospel is what? It's the logic of God. When I see Jesus, I see the logic of God. I see God's mind made up about me. <laughs> oh, I see God's mind made up already about me. That's why we hold up Jesus because when we hold up Jesus, we hold up a mirror. And when you look in that mirror, you get a reflection of who you truly are on the inside. And no matter what is going on in the world around us, I want to remind you over and over and over again of what God truly Y'all, they don't want this today. Forget it. Just go ahead. I'm done. Talk. Oh, that's strong right there. I think they're getting it. They're getting it so good, they're silent right now. But I got, I got a couple more. Let's, let's oh. keep moving forward. Some things we need to see. See truth as it is. Here's number two. We need to see him as he is. Whoa. Have you ever heard this, Pastor? I've said it. I, I got to confess. I've said this before. <laughs> Would you ever heard someone say, I can't wait to get to heaven? Yeah. Because then... I'm going to see Jesus for who he really is. Don't wave your hand, but I know you said it, I, especially this section right here. A lot of them said it. <laughs> now, even though there is some merit to that statement, we're not denying that statement, right? But I think you need to understand something, believer. If you do not properly examine what the scripture says, it will cause you to miss out on something very important that God intends for you to embrace you got to understand that there's something God wants you to get right here, 
right now on this earth. Somebody say amen. Yeah, yeah. It's not about that. So let's look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Don't rush through this. Don't rush. I'm going to move slow, y'all. I'm going to move slow. It says, beloved, now we are children of God. I'm still moving too fast. <laughs> now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what he shall be, or what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he really is. Now, I know it's easy to read this verse and only relate it to God revealing himself when we get to heaven. But that isn't where the true power of Scripture is found. Talk. You, you see, God isn't waiting for you, for me, for us to get to heaven to disclose his power and nature in us. You know what? He wants to reveal himself to us right here, right now, on this earth through his word. In fact, contrary to belief, the power of God isn't revealed at our arrival in heaven. I used to think this. But rather, it was revealed in Jesus' arrival to earth. That's good news right there. Religion will have you trying to make heaven your home, but I got good news for you. The, the gospel declares that heaven has made its home in you. You are his address. No more thinking that you got to get there to get his power. You got to wait for the second coming. You can enjoy it right here, right now. Wow. And here's a revelation we got to get. You got to write this one down. Wow. Wow. I feel like preaching. We got the chairs and the table so we can teach. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> Here's something we got to get out, Pastor Bill. Whatever you see, whatever him you see is the him you'll be. Whoa. Whatever him you see is the him you'll be. Let's go back to the text. Beloved, now we are the children of God. Most believers completely skip over the most important word in that verse. It is now. When, Calvary? Now. now. Then the question is, when is now? Right now. Right now. Not the sweet by and by like my grandmama taught me. <laughs> Not further on down the road. Not later in life in the future. No, right here, right now, God wants me to get a revelation of who he is and who he is in me. Here's what I want you to understand about children. They mimic their parents. I remember my little boys when they were young, man, they had shaving cream everywhere. They were always in my clipper bag. Why? They were trying to mimic me. Yeah, yeah. Come on, ladies, you remember your daughters? They walking around with the heels on, tripping all over the place, makeup all over the back, lipstick everywhere. They were trying to be like you. They were trying to mimic. And what do we do as parents? We don't spank them. We start laughing because we're so impressed. Proud. It makes us feel so proud that they're mimicking us. How many know it's the same way spiritually? Wow. One text real quick. Ephesians chapter 5. I got time? It's real quick. Come on, come on. Ephesians 5 1 says, be imitators of God. How? As dear children. Oh. Oh. <laughs> the heavenly father. Our heavenly father wants us to mimic him, but we've got a problem. Instead of mimicking him, you know what we do? We're so focused on the battle we have with our weaknesses and our failures Woo. that we don't spend enough time mimicking him 
and getting a revelation of what he has already done and what he wants to continue to do in us and through us. And that is the reason why we're not experiencing lasting change. We're experiencing temporary change every now and then. We're going in this cycle. But I'm telling you, this word today is going to help you experience lasting change. What do we do? We see truth as it is, that reformation in our minds and our belief systems. We see God for who he really is. And I think you got one more for us. If we got time. Well, let's, let's close with this. And yeah. this is a big one because you just set it up. You've got to see you now as you are. See you as you are. Yeah. The final piece of this puzzle is so extremely important due to the fact that it impacts every aspect of our life. We've got to see ourselves now the way God sees us. And earlier in this series, as well as in the book, And in our gospel circles, we've been discussing the fact that we are not dirty. We are not distant. God has made us clean. He's brought us close. And having the right perspective of who we really are is vitally important if we are going to walk out these truths. Because let me tell you something. What the enemy wants to do is get you so focused on your condition that you forget about your position in Christ Jesus and the condition you may be facing right now could be whatever. It could be financial lack. It could be deteriorating health. It could be a struggle with a hurt or a bad habit. And the enemy wants you to focus on your condition so that you forget about your position, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are not guilty, that you are pleasing to him, that you are seated with him in heavenly places that you are co-seated with him at the Father's right hand. He wants you to forget about your position that you are an heir of God. You're a joint heir with Christ. He wants you to forget about your position that you are one with God, that every day you need to be reminded that there is no separation, that separation is an illusion. Believer, you better lift up your hand and hold it up high. Hey, believer, You don't need to press into God. Why? God's already pressed into you. Hey, believer, you don't need to be a God chaser anymore. Why? He already chased you down. Hey, believer, you don't need to strive to try to get any closer to God. Why? A branch can't get any closer to the vine. And Jesus said, I'm the vine. You are the branch. Rest in me and my life will flow through you. If I've got any believers in here that Truly believe it, clap your hands and give God praise. Come on. That's a word. That's a word. As Jesus is, First John 4, so are you in this world. Your position in Christ is not a far-off event. It is an actual fact. Matter of fact, it's an accomplished fact. And since there's no part, think of that, I'm the vine, you're the branch. Well, there's no part of the branch that isn't also part of the sprouting vine. So here's the deal. Remember this every day. Anyone who touches you touches Jesus. So when you place your hands on the sick, this changed everything for me. When I place my hands on the sick, guess what I realize? I'm actually placing his hands on the sick. When I open up my mouth and declare the gospel, I'm declaring his words with my mouth. When I step into a room, guess what? It's his feet stepping into a room. 
And I'm telling you, the enemy knows that once you focus on your position in Christ, that is what is going to give you the power to change your condition, your circumstances. It'll give you the power to overcome every vice, every addiction. It'll give you the power to break free from fear and anxiety. I speak prophetically over you right now. You are the righteousness of God, and the righteous, the Bible says, have sweet sleep. Those of you that have had restless nights and anxiety attacks in the name of Jesus, may your eyes be open to your position. You are free from fear. You are free from anxiety. Fruitfulness will strengthen from within you that means when you open up your mouth and speak I declare abundant supply will flow when you declare healing sickness will have to leave when you declare against bondage the truth of God's word there will be a flood of freedom lift up your hands I declare a flood of freedom in the name of Jesus I declare a flood of freedom in the name of Jesus I declare a flood flowing in you and through you just as sap flowing in and through the branch of a sprouting vine will cause them to bring forth fruit I declare over you now that his life in you and through you will bring forth an abundant harvest I declare provision over you in the name of Jesus I declare healing over you in the name of Jesus I declare freedom over you in the name of Jesus you need to be conscious you need to remain conscious of who you are in Christ begin to see you as he sees you in the beloved right now in the name of Jesus come on for the next 15 seconds with hands lifted just begin to thank him right now come on lower floor upper tier in the name of Jesus no matter how hard you try you can't change yourself if you could change yourself then why would you need the power of grace but I had but if I've got people in here today that say I need the power of grace come on with hands lifted in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name I'm not talking about a change in your life I'm talking about the exchange life what a trade-off your sin for God's grace say thank you Jesus your weakness for his strength say thank you Jesus your bondage for his freedom say thank you Jesus your sickness for his health your spiritual death for his eternal life your poverty for his provision that's lasting change when you stop trying to change your life by yourself and exchange it for the life that God has provided for you in Christ Jesus 15 more seconds come on just thank him right now there's a release of freedom right now in Jesus name thank you Jesus Hey, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for the exchange. Thank you for opening our eyes. I believe it. I receive hey, it now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. The exchange. There's an exchange. There's an exchange. There's a trade. He took ours, gave us his. There's an exchange. He took our old, gave us his new. There's an exchange. He took our sickness, gave us his health, his life. 
He took our poverty, gave us his prosperity, his wisdom, his grace, his everlasting love, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness. He took our results and gave us his fruit. There is an exchange in this gospel, this message of grace. There is an exchange. Hey! Real quick, now that we got our eyes right, we can get our mouth right. Get it. Get we need to make proper confessions now that we see truth as it is. We see him as he is. We see us as we are. Now, I want you to follow me in a very powerful and simple confession. Y'all, you ready, Calvary? You're going to repeat after me. We're going to talk right. Say, thank you, God, thank you, God. for sending Jesus to receive the punishment I deserve and for making me righteous in your sight. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross and rose from the dead. I choose now to receive your forgiveness and salvation in my life. Come on, let's thank him three times, you ready? Thank him for lasting change. Thank you for bringing me into your family. And thank you for making me your child. Come on, let's clap our hands and rejoice together. Now we can talk right. We can confess what he already confessed yeah. because we see truth. If you prayed that prayer, let me say there's a few things on the app we provided for. And if you need help, we can help you at the Welcome Center today. But what's called the New Believers Guide, also Grace Walk. We want to take this journey with you. We really do. Now, before we walk out of this place, and today we want to speak a blessing over all the fathers before they walk out of this place. But I want to, I want to read quickly something I read this morning during my quiet time with the Lord. And I want you to hear this. Really let this sink in. Salvation is a free gift from God to be received through faith in Christ. Now listen to this. It isn't by good works but it is unto good works it isn't by good works but it will be unto good works that were saved now listen to this and let it sink in true grace when embraced and understood correctly will always produce a lifestyle of gratitude toward God which results in sacrificial living and giving for the sake of the gospel. Let me read that again. True grace, when it is embraced and understood correctly, will always produce a lifestyle of gratitude toward God, which results in sacrificial living and giving, and notice why, for the sake of the gospel. Pastor Kareem, I want you to help me. So, I had a couple of questions that I received, good, good questions, great questions. I love questions. That's why we're starting a series in the summer called Pastor, I've Got a Question. And we're taking questions we've received all summer long. But someone asked me this past week, said, Pastor, about this giving toward missions 
you say that we give the first and the best to God and then it comes into Calvary Church and then Calvary Church takes the first we call it the tithe or the tenth right off the top and we send it out to local and world missions so the giving comes in and we as a church say we trust God because giving is an act of trust so we have to say God I trust you let me tell you something churches everywhere this season I think I've had to trust God more than ever before and God has been faithful and many of you that understand this you know what I'm talking about but someone said well can I designate all my giving to just missions and let me tell you why you need to understand why we take the top and trust God and it goes to like what you saw a moment ago children in the foster care children who are being adopted our city missions around the world why do we have to take care of first what's happening here I think I saw this played out the other day when I was on a flight and I thought about this and the stewardess said she said now listen if there's a problem on this flight she said uh, these masks are gonna drop and I'm always thinking good God I hope that doesn't happen but but if it does here's what she says because the first thing for a parent would be I got to help my kid I got to help my kid I got to help my kid well she said no she said the first thing you do is you take your mask and you put it on first because watch you need to take care of yourself and be strong enough so that you can take care of everybody else I hope you get the picture the reason why we give in this house is so that first we can take care of what we have to take care of here because don't you forget we still have ongoing ministry right here as a matter of fact today you pulled up on property you pulled into a parking space you dropped your kids off at kids facilities there's ministry going on all week long there's a beautiful building with air conditioning that you're in there's ministry happening here all week long the reality is we have to take care that's why we say the first will give but the rest we're going to take care of what has to be done so if you want to increase your missions giving let me tell you what to do just increase your giving if you want to increase your missions giving just increase your giving because the reality is we're able to do more and so right now before we pray over dads and walk out of this place and let me tell you some church those of you here in person and those of you online if you've received the grace of God it will manifest in sacrificial living and giving not for our sake but for the sake of the gospel and so I'm gonna ask you right now church prepare your generosity and let's understand we're strengthening the house so that we can strengthen the world thank you hosts for serving us today I've prepared my giving and above and beyond today because I believe in it I believe in the gospel and I believe in this local church and I believe in our mission so those of you that are here in person, there are ways to give, that app, text to give, maybe the web or that envelope. But those of you online, click that give button as well. Let me tell you something. As we move into these summer months, there's ongoing ministry that needs to be done. And so we take care of our house.
we take care of what we have to do your generosity makes a significant difference it's a force a powerful force in the kingdom so thank you for your giving father we thank you so much for this opportunity we get to mimic you say it and it brings so much joy when you see yourself in us this is a demonstration of us trusting you we're not giving out of fear worried about what's left and what needs to be done no we're giving out of great joy and out of cheerful hearts knowing that as we release unto you you've got plenty more left over for us there is an eternal supply so by faith we give today in jesus name amen let's mimic him together today Calvary. before we speak over our dads let's give to the lord right now together come on let's worship him church if you will please stand with me lower floor upper tier stand with me before we walk out of this place remember dads as you exit we have a gift for you at all the doors make sure you pick it up dads lift up your hands father I declare over fathers today that represent your heart in this house I declare over them this reminder today that they would get their eyes off of the condition and put their eyes back on their position in you. I declare over the dads of Calvary Church that they represent you, they imitate you, they carry your heart. I thank you, great churches are built by great families, great families, great fathers. I declare over them they are overcomers. Life will not overcome them, but they will overcome in life. I declare life will not reign over them, but they will reign in life in Jesus' name. May their eyes be open to who they are. Yes, Father, we bless you today, fathers, because when we speak a blessing over you, 
We're speaking a blessing over everything you're connected to. A blessing over your business, a blessing over your family, a blessing over your future. You are blessed going in, you're blessed coming out, you are blessed in every area of your life. Every father, we speak blessing over you today in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all, let's rejoice for our amazing fathers. You are blessed.